0: The following program is sponsored by Rosenthal Wealth
2: Management as a registered representative offering securities and advisory services through Saterra Advisor Networks, LLC, a broker, dealer, and registered investment advisor, member FINRA SIPC. Saterra is under separate ownership from Rosenthal Wealth Management Group. Rosenthal Wealth Management Group is located at 9265 Corporate Circle in Manassas, Virginia, and can be reached at 703-330-3100. Chris McKay is not affiliated with Satira Advisor Networks, LLC, nor Rosenthal Wealth Management Group. Bob Jones is an employee of Rosenthal Wealth Man- Management Group and affiliated with Satira.
1: It's time now for making money sense. Live with Larry Rosenthal. Larry is recognized as one of the nation's leading financial and retirement planners, and is here to answer your questions right now. Author, speaker, and talk show host Larry Rosenthal is dedicated to teaching others financial stewardship from a biblical point of view. Call Larry now. Studio lines are open at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Making
2: Money Sense
1: is on the air.
2: Welcome to another edition of the Larry Rosenthal Show. It is Saturday morning, and here he is right there on YouTube. But if you're watching YouTube, Larry Rosenthal, LarryRosenthal.tv, and live on various different uh, radio stations around the country good morning sir well good morning chris and how are you this saturday uh it is saturday isn't it yes yes it yes. is
3: make sure that i'm in the right place at the right time <laughs> i appreciate you showing up <laughs> turning on the buttons in the power right well,
2: there we go the lights are on ready to very have our good, show very show.
3: good well good morning everyone and welcome to making money sense i'm larry rosenthal it's open mic saturday which means any questions at all just go down the list on insurance, estate planning, your 401K, the government TSP, cash flow, mortgage rates, homes, uh, home cost, inflation, the Fed, the economy, the stock market. Give us a call with any questions at all at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Open mic Saturday, seven six eight five five. Seven six seven three one two three. Well, you talk about a mixed bag of of information, right? Wow! Mm-hmm. This past week, you know, in January and the first few days of February, the markets have absolutely climbed the wall of worry, right? The wall of worry, they call it. They've called this for years. I've been talking about this for a few, few months. Pretty soon, you're going to start hearing people say, "Uh oh, the wall of worry is back." What is the wall of worry in the stock market? The wall of worry pretty much goes like this the the the, the stock market re, remember is a forward looking indicator and it is it is starting to move up in anticipation of what in anticipation of the economy turning the the corner of monetary policy turning the corner basically the fed pausing and stopping to raise interest rates right that's what that's what the markets are 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 sniffing out. That's what the markets are are looking forward to, okay? And so the wall of worry is, in anticipation of that, the markets go up, but they're still worried because we're not quite there yet. We haven't got that green light from the standpoint of what the Fed's going to do. And then all of the sudden, on Friday, kaboom. It was like a Mike Tyson punch, right? Yeah. With fantastic news in the economy. And then the markets pull back. Wait a second here. It's an upside down world, right? What That's a tough right. job for the Fed, okay? <laughs> Think about this for a second. We get good, positive economic news on the jobs front, okay? The economy added 517,000 jobs in in January. The consensus was about 180,000, okay? Uh, revised payrolls were even higher the prior month. Revised up another 71,000 jobs, right? Unemployment has dipped to 3.4%, which is a 53-year low. Fantastic news in the economy, but yet the market pull, right? pull back on that news on Friday. Go figure. Why? Why? Because the Fed is in the middle of a rate rising cycle. The Fed has been raising interest rates to call down inflation pressures over this past year in 2022, right? They also raised this past week on Wednesday 25 basis points or a quarter basis point. The next meeting is March 4th uh, or the first week in March. What, it, what is going to be the, the, the scenario then? because before Friday's report was out a lot of people were talking about the Fed in their March meeting may pause and keep us at this level that we're at right now and then the markets would really celebrate that now that's kind of uh, that's kind of that, that conversation's kind of changed a little bit too guess what we're just not there yet but there's some interesting silver lining okay in the in the report the jobs report so so bottom line now is People are our consensus seems to be that the Fed's probably going to raise another quarter point in March, and then maybe April we'll see if they pause. Okay, uh, but but there's some underlying, uh, I, I guess, some green shoots in this jobs report. And when you take a look at at labor participation, people are coming back in the marketplace. Okay. Uh, For jobs, which is kind of good news because the fear of a fully employed economy is that you get wage pressures that drive up and that creates more spending power and that drives inflation pressures upward. But with more people entering the job force, okay, we're not seeing wages rise as much as people thought that they would be rising, which which is good news, okay? Uh, You know, from that that standpoint, average hourly wages rose 4.4% year over year down from 4.6% in December. So we're getting more people into the marketplace, and they're coming back in, and they're not demanding higher and higher wages, which is kind of an interesting thing because I think people are seeing, you know what, there's maybe a little bit more job openings than we thought. We better take one now because we are running out of our stimulus savings. So it's a very interesting dynamic when you take a look at this, and that's why I say, "Why, what a mixed bag for the Fed to look at all this data and really unpack it and dissect it, you know, as to looking in the rearview mirror at data to pour, to forecast future inflation pressures to try and bring them down and hit that interest rate just just right." So, uh, very interesting. Expect more volatility, and also expect the markets to climb this wall of worry. So, you know, we're 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 almost there, right? We're we're rounding third, okay? We've we've we're we've gone to first, to second, and we're rounding third, which by the way, pitchers and catchers do report Bob in nine <laughs> days. Thank you for your update. Okay. <laughs> there we go. I knew you'd get I knew we'd have to work that in <laughs> and get that in right today. Um and, and I'll just tell everybody, you know, we'll take a little sidebar note right now. You know, before the show goes live at 9 a.m., we get in here and we do all of our baseball and hockey and, and football reporting and, and basketball and all that kind of stuff. And uh, we got some real sports uh Uh, statisticians i should say none of those big network people have anything on you guys hey you know so so the fed did hike and the 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 fed the ecb and bank of japan uh i'm sorry bank of england they've all been hiking rates and europe is continuing to hike uh, more aggressively than the fed at at this particular point uh they they hiked 50 50 basis points or a half a percentage the other day you know despite what uh, Chairman Powell says, okay, um, you know he 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 has assured us that rate cuts aren't even being comp- contemplated this year.
2: Yeah.
3: So so if you go back and you take a look at at you know what what he has said all through 2022, he has come out and he has said this. He he has said one thing and then a couple months later he's had to change it. And then a couple months later, he's had to change it. And it's all based off of economic data and news that's coming out. So so the, the Fed is being responsive, but they're also trying to forecast that, you know, hey, look, we are committed to bringing down inflation pressures. And and we're, we're, we're going to see more inflation coming down, okay? The next time we get an inflation, the, the, the next inflation report that comes out is going to be February 16th for the January number, okay? We're at six and a half right now. Who knows where it'll go to? Hopefully it'll go down to 6.1, somewhere in that ballpark. Okay, we need to see it continuing to trend down. Estimates are by the end of this year, 2023, inflation should be sitting somewhere around three and a half to four and a quarter, somewhere in that ballpark, which is a good trajectory. And then you take a look at where the Fed Fund's top range is right now at 4.75 that that is a good mixture of of economic uh, uh, of monetary policy as it goes towards inflation pressures so you know turning our eyes to 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 uh, uh earnings earnings news 50% of the S&P 500 uh companies have reported so far in blended earnings per share which com- which basically combines uh, reported data And estimates for those uh, companies that have not yet reported their fourth quarter earnings are showing a decline of 5.4%. Okay, which with sales rising about 4.3. Now, we knew earnings were going to be lower in 2022 than they were in 2021. That's an earnings recession, not an economic recession, but it's a pullback, temporary pullback. And that happens periodically uh, in different years for different reasons. And if you take a look at why that's happening, you know, the economy opened up in 2021. So we had tremendously high earnings as compared to 2020 when the economy was closed down. But now we're seeing more traditional earnings revert back to the mean, and so that's why we're getting a little bit lower corporate earning estimates, plus the slowdown in the economy. There's more indications that the economy is, in fact, slowing down, which will bring down inflation, and that sounds kind of like bad news. The economy's slowing down, but yet the markets are climbing this wall of worry because they want to turn the corner to a more normalized uh, interest rate environment where the Fed is is, is taking their foot off the brake and say, we're gonna pause. So we're not just there yet. Uh, we'll see what March brings and we'll see what April brings, but we're close. We're very, very close. Important to stay diversified and and uh, you know take a look at some of the positions that a lot of people have sold out of in 2022, haven't gotten back in yet. Those are leading the market so far in 2023 so so be aware of your asset allocation selections it still makes up over ninety two and a half percent of your portfolios long-range rate of return had an interesting conversation with a client this past week and and you know when when we're working with clients we we do it all from a financial plan we take a look at cash flow cash flow projections taxes you know all, all the whole nine yards inflation pressures everything mix of investments performance things like that and And the question came up, and it was an interesting it was an interesting conversation to 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 teach to teach the clients and so when you run a financial plan out, you have to run out at an assumed interest rate right. Okay. Now, we know every day in the market that the market changes. It goes up and down, right? Okay, That's pretty much one of the few guarantees we can give is that the market goes up and down as far as that goes, right, Chris? But but when you take a yeah. look at, at forecasting a financial plan, you know, you, hey, I want to retire in eight years or whatever the case may be and put kids through college and do all these different things that you have inside your financial plan – you have to run it with an assumed interest rate, let's say 5% or 6% or 7 or 8 or whatever you're comfortable with as far as that goes, right? And then you take a look at a year like last year when the accounts may have been down. And then you say, well, how does my financial plan look? And you, you pull it up live and you say, hey, you know what? It looks okay because the financial plan is rolling is 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 based off of a longer range type of an average okay there are some years you're going to get 10 12% returns and some years you're going to get 2 3 sometimes minus 7 right so so you have to take a look at the rolling numbers so we pull up rolling numbers and we and we take a look at the last 12 months versus just last year we take a look at the last 2 years the last 3 years the last 4 years 5 and you see these positive numbers still in the plan Meeting the, definitely above the average that you're running the plan out at. So you're, you know, that takes into account bad years like this. And so when you're running your financial plans, those are the types of things you need to be, be looking at and, and what we call stress testing the plan out. So, hey, if you want to check it out, go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com. We've got a sample of a financial plan, a little video there on the front page. While you're there, follow us on YouTube at LarryRosenthal.tv and hit that subscribe button. We do the show live. You can see us. We're streaming live on YouTube right now. But uh, let's open up the phone lines. Chris, let's give us uh, give us some calls here. We'll take a quick break. Give us a call this morning. You're listening to Making Money Sense. Dial us up at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855 855- 767-3123 to reach me live here with any of your financial planning retirement estate planning questions eight five five rose one two three you're listening to making money sense i'm larry rosenthal we'll be back in a moment
1: you are listening to making money sense live with larry rosenthal Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855 Rose 123. That's 855 767 3123. More making money sense in a moment.
4: There are still too many countries that give little or no assistance to disabled children. In third world nations, these children could be left alone while parents try to eke out a living. About 10 years ago, residents of Prince William and Fauquier counties in Virginia formed Children with Disabilities Fund International. It focuses on the needs of disabled children. CDFI's current work in Jamaica and Kenya supports about 300 disabled children and their families. For some of these children, they're getting the care they need for the first time in their lives. CDFI recently began an individual child sponsorship program in an effort to better meet the needs of these disabled children. To choose your child to sponsor, go to thecdfi.org. That's thecdfi.org. Your gift will help transform not only a disabled child's life, but the lives of their parents and of the surrounding community. Go to thecdfi.org. Make a difference. Go to thecdfi.org. nationwide and coast to coast from sea to shining sea call now 855-767-3123 that's 855-ROSE-123 live from the nation's capital this is the larry rosenthal show
2: well welcome back to the larry rosenthal show larry rosenthal is here in studio with us taking your telephone calls and you can also watch us on
3: youtube at larry rosenthal.tv larry sure chris let's welcome kevin on the line from virginia good morning kevin how are you
5: Hey, I'm good, Larry. Good morning. How are you?
3: I'm doing well, sir. How can I help you?
5: Well, I'd like your thoughts. I've just uh, recently got a bonus and I've got about 10 grand to do something with. I was wondering if you could give me some advice. Would you put it into series I bonds? Would you put it into a 5% CD or would you put it into EFT?
3: Uh, Well, given those three choices, let me just ask you one question. What's your time frame before you want the money back?
5: I mean, I'm okay with, uh, I mean, maybe three, three years I retire. So um, I'm okay with it being tied up short term or it could go a little longer.
3: Do you need this money uh, guaranteed? Do you need it very, very safe? Or are you willing to take a little bit of volatility risk with it?
5: Well, you know, I've. I've got my 401K, which I'm taking a little bit of risk with. Um, I'm okay, actually, with a little bit of risk. Um, I know that the Series I and the CD are pretty safe, but, you know, what are your thoughts?
3: Well, from a Series I standpoint, I would stay away from it, given the time frame that you're looking at, Kevin, simply because every May and November, that interest rate is going to be adjusted according to the inflation numbers, and it's coming down so you're going to be getting a declining performance number over the next few years on that i bond on that i bond okay as far as a cd goes you know you're you're going to you're, you're, you're going to give up growth opportunity in the markets so i would suggest taking a look at first of all the 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 the, the first thing we need to do is take a look at what you're allocated in your 401k plan how much money is exposed, and what your risk level is there, and then sort of match up. And maybe you end up with a balanced position on this bonus you receive. Maybe it's a combination of both stocks and bonds, okay, uh, to to, mm-hmm. to make things work out. You know, you can buy a six-month Treasury bill at the close on Friday anyway at 4.7%. So that can lock you in for six months. Do you see what I mean? You can get a three-year yeah, note at 3.7%. That's exactly right. You can get a 3.75 at for, for, for three years on, on a treasury bill. I've got a list of them sitting right here in front of me. It was one of the things I wanted to talk about today on the show. But it really takes a look. Uh, the, the answer to your question is let's dive into your 401K, see how that's allocated right now, how much money's there, and how that's going to produce income for you in retirement years, and then take a look at this next tranche, this, this bonus money that you received. Sounds like to me maybe it's going to be a combination of both. Because, you know, the markets have been pushed back so far right now in 2022 that it is a tremendous buying opportunity. It still is. So so uh, if you like, I'll have somebody give you a ring and show you how to sort of coordinate that, that allocation mixture there. You might end up with a combination of both might be the best thing for you, okay?
5: Yeah, I, got, I think you're right. I think, um, I think I'm going to go uh, – we've got a 5% CD at uh, Navy Federal. I might put a half in that and maybe the other half put it in the
3: stock okay that sounds good for you then Yeah, I'll, if you want i'll put you on hold and i'll send you out some asset allocation su- suggestions for you okay appreciate the phone yeah, call kevin you're you listening to make you're listening to making money sense larry rosenthal show give us a ring at eight five five rose one two three that's eight five five seven six seven three one two three let's welcome mike on the line from houston good morning mike how are you today
6: oh doing great thanks for taking my call yeah i'm i'm 70 i am retired uh I have, I pulled my money out of the market, which is mainly in bonds, Lord, Lord Abbott bonds, uh, because it's was losing money more than my risk level and comfort level. So right now I'm in CDs, uh, probably averaging about 35 to 4%. Uh, so I'm looking, uh, you know, I want to get the back to get the growth. Uh, looks like the market might be turning around in bonds. But, you know, I have a low risk tolerance. I'm a pretty conservative investor, so I'm just looking for what your thoughts would be uh, going forward here.
3: Mike, when did you pull the money out of the bonds and put them into the CDs?
6: I uh, pulled the money probably out about a year and a half ago. I uh, left it in money markets for a while. That wasn't really, of course, doing anything. So um, I talked to... Uh, my financial advisor, and uh, we came up with CDs. So I have an annuity, so some of my money's invested in the annuity, uh, and I get that money, uh, of course, monthly. And then the rest of my portfolio right now, other than cash reserves, are in CDs.
3: So, Mike, here's here's, here's some thought for you. Since you pulled money out of the bond market a year and a half ago, you basically missed the downfall in 2022 in bonds. So, so on, on one hand, when interest rates go up, bond prices drop, right? And interest rates went up tremendously last year. And so traditional duration risk type bonds, your AAA, your, credit, your good, strong credit quality bonds, okay, were down about 16% last year. So if you are a more conservative type of an investor, now is a tremendous time as your CD comes due, as your different CDs come due, to be exploring putting money into what we would call like an intermediate core plus type of a position bond fund. Okay? Uh, the, the idea there is right now you're going to be capturing a, probably a little bit more yield than what's in your current CD uh, from an interest rate standpoint. And at the same time, in the future, as interest rates start to go back down again, you'll capture that that net that NAV uh, price appreciation. Now, there's no guarantee as to when rates will go down, or or even if, but but that's what I would be considering for yourself right now, because you're going to capture a little bit better yield, but there's so much more upside to principal appreciation uh, given the discount rate that these bonds now have so you 're actually moving money that 's sitting in a cash position and buying very low uh, price of these bonds. They have yield to maturities in these in these some of these bond funds you know four or five percent things like that you got 've you got to shop it around and look at it uh, but we 've been doing those types of moves for clients over the last year or so uh, and and, and do, do doing that type of stuff so that that 's one way that a conservative investor, especially in your case now, that you missed. The decay of these bond prices and and put it in cash. Now you have an opportunity to buy them when they're very very low. Does that make sense?
6: Yes. What uh, what are the yields uh, averaging?
3: Um, so, uh, you know, I I hate to quote because they change every day. But but right. Um, in in looking at some some uh, portfolios just this past week, they were they were anywhere from from uh, the low fours up into the mid sixes somewhere in that area okay okay Okay? all right so it just depends on now when you're looking at buying a bond fund okay when you're buying a bond fund there, there are so many. Don't buy it by the name of the fund. Find out what's in the prospectus and take a look at what they're invested in, what part of the yield curve they're on. Are they on the short end, the mid-range, the long-range, that type of thing? And then you have to understand the difference between core and core-plus bond funds. What's wrong with the Chris McKay fund? I, th- I thought that would be the a Chris good The Chris McKay one. fund? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, unregulated registration, right? <laughs> okay. Um, but but Mike, I'll send you out some information on on how to shop all of that for you on the on the bonds. Okay, if you like.
6: Pre- appreciate that. Yeah. Yep.
3: L- let me put you on hold and Bob will pick up and get your contact information, and then we'll send you out some information on how to invest in bonds and taking a look at grading them and and different things like that. And and you want to sort of tie in some some different parts on the yield curve into these bonds. Um, and, and and uh, you know, we can show you how we're diversified across our portfolio with the bonds, too. Let me put you on hold, Mike, and Bob will get your information. Appreciate the phone call. Have a good weekend. Here, listen to Making Money Sense. Dial us up at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Let's welcome Julia on the line from Virginia. Good morning, Julia. How are you today?
7: Hey, good morning. I'm good. Thanks for
3: taking my call. Sure. How can I help you?
7: Well, I um, left government service a few months ago, and I had a TSP with about 60k in it. And uh, now I'm in the private sector, and I'm just starting fresh with a new 401k. And so I'm just trying to figure out how to. I need to catch up on retirement anyway, but how to manage both of those, or switch them around, or or how to approach them.
3: Well. First thing is you want to take a look, Julia, at the lineup that you have in your new company's 401K, okay? And you want to invest in the best funds or ETFs or whatever's in that 401K for what your objective is, your risk tolerance, acceptance level, your, your, your runway until you need that money back, okay? And then take a look at the money that's in the old TSP, and there's a few things you could do with it. You can leave it there. But then you're limited to only the CGFS and I funds, or you can roll it to your new employer's plan, providing they accept that, or you can roll it to a Roth. I mean, to a traditional IRA, tax-free. Uh, you can convert it to Roth, or you can cash it out. Those are the the five things that you can do with it. Uh, what a lot of people will end up doing most of the time is taking a look at at selecting the four hundred one k that you're involved in now. Um, with the new contributions and possibly a company match, and then moving the old uh, TSP plan to your own individual IRA, and then that gives you an opportunity to diversify around what's inside your new 401k plan. So you don't have all your eggs in one basket type type of thing. So that's that's really one approach that you really want to take a look at. It So the first step to answer your question specifically is let's get a listing of your investment choices in your 401k and make sure that you're putting the dollars there. In, you know, that that are aligned to what your objectives are and time frame. And then we discuss what to do with the old TSP money, either put it into your new 401k plan or put it into an IRA or leave it there. The, those are the types of things right there. So it, it, it boils down to asset allocation selection, you know, and and so I, you know, again, we can send you out stuff on that. Uh, but that's really what the what the answer is, you know, as to how far down the road you are to you need this money coming back. And then the other question is, too, is to take a look at what your total income is, your household income, what tax bracket you're in today. You're putting money into a, you have an opportunity to put money into a new 401k plan, right? Well, with the new Secure Act 2.0, you can instruct your employer, providing their payroll system has caught up to it now, you can instruct your employer to to put their matching contribution on the Roth side of the house versus the pre-tax side of the house, so there's some tax allocation opportunities now. And being a new, you know, going into a new four hundred one k plan, you you can start it off uh, right with the correct tax allocation, depending on what you need as far as pre-tax. Planning uh, for current tax deductions this year and then retirement income tax-free from the Roth side of the house So that's the way that I would sit down and, and, and take a look at it If you want, we'll be happy to, to, to you know take a deeper dive and explain that to you in, in, on a little bit more in-depth basis than what we can do here on the radio show If you want, I can put you on hold and, and uh, Bob will get some contact information from you We'll have one of our, our advisors reach out to you and go through that entire scenario for you if you'd like How does that sound?
7: Yeah, I appreciate that. And and one quick follow up, um, I'm pretty happy in my new job. But if I wanted to return to federal service, does it make sense to keep the TSP on the side, or just would eventually start from scratch with a new TSP approach in, in that scenario?
3: Well, I do know that the TSP can accept rollover money back into it. Okay, so so you can always put it back into the TSP if you ever choose. But, like I said, you know you can cheap you can keep it where it is in the t s p now for whatever reasons but let's step through and take a look at the allocation opportunities you have in your current 401 k what an i r a brings to the table and the t s p and then grade it based off of what your objectives are, what your best interest is okay um, but yes your the answer to your question is if you ever go back, you can always put it back in okay because the, the when when money comes out of a retirement plan, it's not deemed a traditional IRA, it's deemed a traditional IRA rollover. And that's the code that means that plans that money can go into another plan and back to another plan. As long as it's termed rollover, as long as the box is checked rollover, it can go back in. Does that that that's sort of the the secret sauce behind the green curtain as far as that goes. So so make sure that it's always checked that way, okay? Um, But if you wanted to – if you may go back and you feel that the TSP is in your best interest to to keep it there, then by all means, keep it right there, okay? If you ever go back, you'll just have that that money sitting there. But if you end up moving the money out of the TSP for whatever reasons you you deem necessary and then you go back to work, then you're just going to have an an IRA outstanding – and you just start over in the TSP. It, the, the math doesn't matter. The, the government will start matching right. again for you, uh, Julia, Julia on, on that as well. So, so in that case, you might then take this new job and roll that into the IRA that you rolled the TSP into. So now you're going to have a new TSP when you go back to the government, starting all over, and then a big IRA from your old from your old TSP and from the uh, new new employer getting ready to go to so whatever way works out best for you is the way that that we would suggest uh, looking at as far as that goes. Awesome, thank you. <laughs> yep, sorry, a lot lot of information there, but uh, one of the biggest things though now is that we want to take a look at the tax aspect of of either pre tax contributions and or Roth combination. Uh, into the new 401k. I'll put you on hold here. I've got to take a quick break here. Let me put you on hold. Bob will get your contact information. We'll have somebody give you a ring next week. Appreciate the phone call. You're listening to Making Money Sense. Give us a ring. Open mic Saturday. Any questions at all is on your mind today. Give us a call. 855 Rose 123. That's 855 767 3123. But before I let you go, though, let's take a look at what John chapter 3, verse 17 says. But whoever has the world's goods and sees his brother in need and closes his heart against him how does the love of God abide in him good question to be thinking about when it comes to stewardship stewardship of what the Lord's entrusted us with not only with with asset resources but with the relationships that we have with people we need to be thinking about Pouring the Lord, you know, the, the the gospel message into our friends and family. Uh, be a good steward with what what God has blessed us with, not only with dollars, but with uh, resources and and biblical knowledge on things, too. So keep that in mind. Uh, this, this you know, as we start the new year off in 2023, we're going to take a quick break here. Give us a ring with any of your financial planning or investment questions at 855-ROSE-123, 855 855- We'll be back in a moment with more Making Money Sense.
1: You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment.
3: Another Money Minute with Larry Rosenthal. We've all heard the more risk you get, the more opportunity there is for growth in returns in your investments. However, can you have too much risk in your investments so that you get diminishing returns? You can only water ski behind one boat at a time. Make sure your risk-adjusted return is aligned with your investment objectives.
4: Financial advice you can depend on you found the larry rosenthal show call now with your questions 855-767-3123 or stop by larry rosenthal.com
2: this is the larry rosenthal show welcome back to the larry rosenthal show hey if you'd like to dial in we have some lines available for you right now to talk to larry
3: rosenthal at 855-767-3123 larry yeah we had to take a quick break there, Chris, but you know in Ecclesiastes eleven two talks a little bit about diversification right we we're just talking to that last call or Julia about tax allocation. you know the IRS views our money through four different tax lenses she 's getting ready to start a new 401k plan we 've got a new tax benefit with the Roth on on, on companies' matching contributions capabilities, which is awesome. And it, and, it, and it says, divide your portion to seven or even to eight, for you do not know what misfortune may occur on earth. Hmm. Uh, that's Ecclesiastes 11.2. And that speaks to, you know, the, the, the Lord spoke, speaks about money about 2,350 times throughout the Bible. You
2: think it's important, maybe?
3: Giving, taxes, you know, yeah. Uh, just the whole nine yards, um, you know, stewardship, who owns it, all that. And and there's a lot to be gleaned from that with, without a doubt. So uh, let's go ahead and, and uh, let's welcome Rose on the line from Maryland. Good morning, Rose, how are you today?
5: I'm good, how are you, Larry?
3: I'm well, how can I help you?
5: I have a question, um, I, I do have a TSP and I'm gonna be moving out of the country. And I was my plan was just to leave it in there until I'm I'm fifty five, I'm not near retirement age or anything like that. And i wanted to know what your
3: thoughts on that was. That is a choice. You know, are are you still gonna be working for the government out of the country? No. Uh uh-uh. uh. Yeah, so, so when any when Rose, whenever somebody separates employment, okay, you leave a uh-huh. job, you can leave it at that old employer in most cases and you can at the TSP, okay? now whether or not that's the right choice for you based off of what your planning objectives are money management skills and things like that that's a different conversation but the answer to your question is yeah you can leave it there Okay. okay. Uh, there, there are okay. five so things just, that you like, can well, do you you can leave it there you can roll it to a new employer you can cash it out pay tax uh, you can roll it to your own IRA plan or you can do a conversion to a Roth in plan there okay so okay. those are the those are the five choices, and you need to figure out what's best for you from a money management standpoint. Does the TSP offer you the runway, the asset allocation selections that that are right for you and your family's uh, needs? But to answer your question, you can just leave it there. Yep. Okay.
5: Okay. Now with mm-hmm. the Roth uh, conversions, there's no tax. Isn't there a, a penalty to
3: there's no penalty to convert to Roth, but you do have to pay current year taxes, okay? So like if you okay, were, okay. if you were yeah, there's no penalty under 59 and a half or anything like that. You can, can you can always convert money from a from a pre-tax position in a in an employer plan or or an IRA to a Roth position at any age. The age doesn't matter. Okay? You okay. just have to pay taxes right. on it. That's all. That's all. Okay. I'll send that's you out some information on on the, okay. the the ins and outs and the do's and don'ts uh, of of all that rollover stuff, and 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 how you can keep the money there if you like. That way, you get a good picture of everything. Would that be okay?
5: Yeah, that'd be great. Um, I have one more question. Just I wanted to understand. I heard something about when you're 55 and you are separated from your um, employment, that if if I cash out. The taxes will be low, or I'm not paying the 10%
7: tax.
3: Yes, there's a a rule that if you leave money at your old employer and you're over 55 years old and you pull the money Uh out, you have to pay current taxes on it, federal and state, if you're subject to state taxes uh, or local taxes, but the 10% penalty is avoided. Okay,
7: okay.
3: That That is correct, yep.
7: Okay. All right, thank you so much. I really appreciate it.
3: Absolutely. I'll put you on hold here and Bob will get you some information. Appreciate the phone call. Hey, you're listening to Making Money Sense. Dial us up this morning. It's open mic Saturday, 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Don't forget to visit our website, LarryRosenthal.com. Sign up for our newsletter, our monthly newsletter, as well as check us out on LarryRosenthal.tv. Hit that subscribe button. Uh, and an alert button and, and you can watch us uh every time we push out content on youtube let's welcome steve on the line from maryland good morning steve how are you
2: looks like uh, steven is listening on his on his uh on his uh computer there or on his he needs to kind of put that uh put okay, that on and listen to on, on your phone listen on your phone there Stephen. then you can talk to us well yeah, give him a second to hear that <laughs> i guess there's a there's a delay and it's done on purpose just to just to make sure there's
3: nothing that happens. Okay. Stephen, are you there?
8: Okay now? Yes.
3: There you go. Can you hear okay. me? Okay, how can I help you, sir? Okay,
8: okay. Yeah, yeah I understand. So, thank you, Mr. I'll making my call. Uh, what I was telling the other man is that uh, I'm 62 years old, and I'm working, and I'm doing okay, making some money, uh, and I'm looking for some tax. Uh, that is, that is, taxes are killing me. Uh, Maryland is one of the highest tax states in the nation. Um, what, my question is, I lost money in um some of my Roth ira accounts and can i withdraw that money now and, be- and take the loss as a tax deduction
3: no how's that uh, as an answer well, <laughs> well, no you cannot is, do it money inside money inside account, of an right? ira unless the stock goes to zero okay so if, if, the, if the market's down and you pull the money out, there's no tax deduction on it. Now, if it was a non-IRA account, the answer would be yes, okay? Uh, but in a, in a Roth IRA or a traditional IRA, no, sorry, you cannot do that. Let the, let the markets come back. You've lost money temporarily. If you haven't sold out, you still own the shares. They're just worth a little bit less. But at some point, they will come back up okay and the money in the roth is going to be tax free income for yourself so so you yeah, want to keep as wrong. much money in that yeah. roth as you can stephen yep in, in matter you want to you want to look at now is a fantastic time to look at converting money from a traditional ira into a roth ira Think about this. The, the the shares that you own in your traditional IRA went down in value, but you still own those shares. You convert those over to a Roth IRA. Yes, you have to pay tax on it. If you work all that out, now you've got all those more shares at a lower price that you're paying tax on today to move over to the Roth IRA to then come back in a tax-free benefit for yourself down the road. So you cannot you cannot do that, and, and you need to take a look at where your money is held inside the IRA right now. It all comes down to asset allocation selections, uh, which stocks or bonds or mutual funds or ETFs or whatever, et cetera, that you're in inside of it. Uh, we can take a look at that for you and, and, and give you some ideas and direction on, on all that, but don't cash it out. You you cannot get a tax deduction for it. It's just specifics to your answer, okay?
8: Because what I try to do, I try to – have some in a traditional, some in a raw, uh, some as a, uh, like a TD Ameritrade account, that's just, just money you put in and the like, so that I would have some ability to, you know, do do something based on where I was now. Yes. Um, but what I could do is what you're saying is I could potentially take some money out of the TD Ameritrade, which is just not aligned with a 401k, um, and, and, and maybe just use that as a tax deduction what is the maximum you can deduct on a, on a loss per year
3: if there's no gains three thousand but if you if you took a if you took an equity position and you sold it and and you had a loss of ten thousand dollars and no gains you can write off three thousand and carry that forward each year okay yeah but I mean, if you yeah, if you I mean. had a gain of eight thousand you'd be able to write off uh eight of it against the ten so what you what you're really looking at Stephen, is something called tax harvesting Okay, and there are very specific rules involved with tax harvesting in order for you to get that deduction and keep it, okay, and still enable yourself to continue to invest at the same time. But if you if you break some of those rules by moving money from position A to position B, if it falls into a uh, similarity type of a position, then you get hit with what's called the wash rule, which means you don't get the tax deduction today, okay? So so I've got a whole list of, of going over the wash rules on how you can do this so that you can, you know, perform so that so you can actually get some tax benefits along the way while you're investing. And if the markets turn around and go back up, you're still invested, but just in a different part of the market, okay? So I'll, let me put you on hold, and I'll have somebody reach out to you and give you the information on the tax harvesting and asset allocation selections, Okay
8: very appreciate it. Thank you
3: very much. Absolutely. Appreciate the phone call, Stephen. Hey, you're listening to Making Money Sense. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Let's welcome Peggy on the line from North Carolina. Good morning, Peggy. How are you today?
7: I'm good. How about yourself?
3: I'm well. How can I help you?
7: So I'm going to turn 65 this summer and planning to retire. Um, My husband is Planning to work another few years, and he makes a really comfortable income, about $170,000 a year. My question is I know I have to pay a little more in taxes with a working spouse, uh, but uh, how much more? Or do you know a percentage, or is there anything we can do with his income to protect my Social Security income?
3: Um, no. I mean, your your husband makes too much money, so you're you're going to get eighty five percent of your social security check taxed at whatever income bracket you you fall into. You okay. have to drop down right. to married filing jointly, MAGI, modified adjusted gross income. I believe it's like forty eight thousand or something like that. Um, so your husband could quit his job if he wants, okay? But I wouldn't do that. <laughs> Yeah, there's, there's not much that you could do to shelter the taxation on your Social Security. Now, uh, you can defer taking it uh, if you wanted to, but that just goes to cash flow. A lot of times it's best for you to take it when you retire. Um, so, so, you know, we, we have to take a look at your other investments too. Are your other investments giving you dividends and capital gains and things that you're not using for current income today? You can minimize some of that exposure as well. Uh, right. And also, one of the things too is, is your husband putting money into his 401k plan? Is he putting it in on the pre tax side or the post tax Roth side? Uh, how is that working uh, also? So, there's a couple things that you can look at doing from that standpoint um, uh, also. Okay. Um, um, other ways is to look at charitable giving, you know, tithing and things like that, or giving to charities. So if you want, I, I can give you some info on you know how to minimize taxes, uh, but you can only do so much. You know we we do have to you know as they say in the Bible render unto Caesar right uh, what is Caesar's, um, but we can use the friendly parts of the tax code to give legally the minimi- the minimal amounts that we're allowed to. So. One of the things to do, really, is to take a look at the first uh, one or two pages of your tax return, and just sort of thatch through the, those lines right there, and that can give me some ideas on some planning techniques to maybe minimize some exposure on taxation, if you like. Okay. All right. Well,
7: uh, we will. I'm I'm in the car. <laughs> we um, I will consider all those things. We are we're generous people and. You know, we good. give and we have a financial advisor and we've got a, a good four oh one K and I don't wanna do anything that's at all questionable but I just I don't wanna be dumb either, you know, exactly, as, uh, Exactly, exactly retirement.
3: Well look, why don't I send you out some some uh, i've got a kit uh, kind of like a whole a whole bunch of information on charitable giving and and best ways to give and there's a lot of ways that people can give and in a lot of ways sometimes people give is not the most tax efficient way i'll put you on hold i 'll have Bob get your info and we 'll send that 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 uh, packet out to you next week so you can sit down and review it so appreciate the phone call drive safe Peggy hey you're listening to Making Money Sense dial us up at 855-ROSE-123 let's welcome Carol on the line from Virginia good morning Carol how are you today
9: uh, good morning Larry It's good talking to you uh, I have a question uh, regarding life insurance and qualified uh, charitable annuities, two questions. The first on a life insurance policy, uh, my husband and I are at the downside of, of, uh, of in, in age uh, and thinking in terms of uh, how assets will be given to our, our son. Um, there is a life insurance policy on which uh, I am the beneficiary for my husband and i'm trying to convince him that it might be better to have our son as beneficiary to that policy simply because he can get that i believe uh tax free if that is if i'm correct about that yes uh, he's the... going to inherit assets from uh, you know our home and 401k's et cetera, et cetera. Um, but this would be a lump sum, sum of money that would uh he would get tax free
3: Yes, the Carol. Yeah, Carol. The proceeds, the death benefit proceeds of life insurance, are income tax free. So the the question really goes to: If your husband passes, do you need that money?
9: And, and we we've looked at that, and I I don't see that I really would. Uh, the other question, my husband's suggestion is: Let it come to me, and then would my son. In my uh, at my death, inherit that tax free, but I I think not. I don't. I think it only passes once as tax free.
3: No. So so here's the way that that can work. Okay, and and I've done this with people before. I've had the same conversation. If your husband passes, you can you know you can obviously change the beneficiary to your son as primary beneficiary, hundred percent. It goes right to him. He gets it today. The second th- tax free. The second thing is. If he if your husband keeps you as the beneficiary, okay, then you get the money tax free. If you put the money into an investment account that that and, and let's suppose let's just suppose that the insurance is worth two hundred and fifty thousand dollars as an example, okay? So you would receive the two hundred and fifty thousand dollars tax free, you put it into an investment account, maybe later in life it grows to three hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Then your, and then you pass, your son will then be able to receive that tax-free as well because he gets what's called a stepped-up basis in value. This way, it covers two birds with one stone. It, it puts the money in your possession and your ownership and your control in case something happens in your life that you do need that money. If you don't need that money, then it's just sitting there growing for your son, and as long as it's in the right type of, of an account, he can receive a stepped-up basis and get all that uh, insurance plus the growth of that money tax-free. That way it covers both scenarios. It covers if you need a Carol, and the ability to pass it on tax efficiently to your son.
9: Okay. That 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 is news. I, I guess I need to talk to you guys again about that.
3: Uh, yeah, it's very easy. It would be a it would be a, a TOD type of an account that you would set up, which means transfer on death. It avoids probate, attorneys' fees, everything, and it would pass directly to to your son. So I will, we'll send you out information on that. That's not a problem. And then you said you had another question.
9: Yes, uh, on uh, qualified charitable annuities. I don't understand. It, I as I'm hearing. Um, one is tax deductible and another isn't if it's taken from a 401k it's not it's not tax deductible but if it's from an IRA it it, it is tax deductible what what is uh what I I don't understand I I'm confused uh, okay so let
3: me let me try and explain what's going on in the charitable giving arena there, there there's a couple things you mentioned a a qualified charitable annuity that is one mechanism or one planning vehicle then there's QCDs qualified charitable donations out of IRAs okay so maybe the language is a little confusing let me just separate both of those and explain them to you okay so a QCD a qualified charitable donation when somebody is 70 and a half or older you don't need to be 73 it's 70 and a half or older You can take up to $100,000 inside your traditional pre-tax IRA account, and you can gift it to a charity, okay? Let's suppose you go to church, and let's suppose that that you you donate to church, let's say, $20,000 a year, okay, Uh, as as an example. And you've got, you know, $300,000 in your IRA, and you're writing a check each month, you know, to, to give to the church and, and, and you're you're giving them $20,000 a year out of your checkbook. Well, you can just give the – and then you say, well, I want to pay myself back, so I'm going to take $20,000 out of my uh, IRA that's taxable to me, but then you have the donation that can offset some things for you if you itemize, right? But it's very easy and clean if you just take the $20,000 out of your IRA and and – claim it as a QCD, a qualified charitable donation, and just send it right over to the church in that example. So think about this for a second. A long time ago, you got a tax deduction to put the money in, right? And it's grown tax-deferred all these years, and now you give it to the church, and they get to pull it out tax-free, right? So that's a QCD, a qualified charitable donation, and I'll send you information out on that as well. And and then a a um, so are you seventy and a half or older?
9: Oh, we're eighty and, and seventy eight. Yeah. Okay. Then well then passed. you
3: can do that. Okay. And and you could and that also satisfies for your RMD, your required minimum distribution. So you can sort of kill two birds with one stone here. Okay. Uh, in in that scenario, and I, I was talking to a caller earlier today, and we talked about giving correctly, and this is one of those areas that 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 can help you it can enhance your giving and your own tax return by giving correctly by doing these QCDs also Uh, another thing is on the on the gift annuity those are different programs that you can set up a charitable remainder trust or a pooled income fund type things where you donate money in you receive an income and then when you when you're done with with life you're in heaven the remaining balance goes to a charity or a church or whatever so I, I can get information for you and all that. Let me put you on, on hold, Carol, and Bob will – I've got to close out the show here. Bob will pick up your, inf- your your contact information. We'll have somebody reach out to you next week and go over this, okay?
9: Thank you so much.
3: Absolutely. Appreciate the phone call. Well, that's another show. Go to our website, LarryRosenthal.com, and follow us on, on uh, Facebook. And uh, subscribe to our newsletter and check us out on LarryRosenthal.tv on YouTube. So, for Bob in the back, Chris McCam, Larry Roosevelt, have a wonderful week. We'll be back next Saturday with another session.
0: Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He
2: was one of the most respected generals in the military.
0: Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to, he understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells.